the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com, welcome to Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jesse Gastan. I think it's safe to say we've all been on the receiving end of an unfair accusation or criticism. Maybe it was on social media, a blog posting, or people talking behind your back. You know, it can really hurt, can't it? So how do you handle it? Well, while you might be tempted to give them a piece of your mind and retaliate, there is a much better way to go, and it's modeled by Moses. Let's catch up with Pastor Jesse in Numbers 13 as we hand things over to Pastor Jesse in today's Way of Grace. I don't want to make it less than it is. I don't want to make it more than it is. I want to make it what it is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by me. I want to be on a path of truth so I can see the enemy for what he is, because when I see the enemy for what he is, I can see God for what he does. This is so extremely important. So notice what he says in verse 18, uh, verse 19, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether it be of tents or in strongholds, and, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood there or not, and, 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 and be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land, Now the time was the time of the first grapes. I love narrative theology. These little aside comments are always little keys to the insights of the redemptive intentionality of God. Don't go to sleep on the narrative. You saw all of these items that God told you to pay attention to as you look into the land. Did he did he not? So we saw a lot, right? God inserted a conditional clause in there. I hope you saw it because I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I'll come back. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You should have saw it for yourself because it's always attached to an imperative that God gives you. Whenever God gives you something to do, he always gives you a conditional clause of encouragement to do it. He also tells you how you are to do it. It's in the text, but we'll look at it when we come back. Remember verse 20. Now, under point number one. We are dealing with two extremely important things. I love this. Two extremely important things. Uh, uh, Point number one says, arise and go see. And if you'll notice what we were told in Numbers chapter 13, verse one and two was this. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, says, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by that commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men that were heads of the children of Israel. Point number one, arise, go and see. Sub sub point A, 12 representatives of the people. Did y'all get that? 
12 representatives of the people. The imperative command from God was send representatives. Y'all all cannot go. So you got 12 people representing 1.4 million. Y'all got that? Welcome to the first legacy media news outlet. Let me build my point so you can wake up to the reality of what you're dealing with today. In your life and mine, the way we learn is in three categories. I taught us this on Friday. Either God reveals to us what truth is by what is called revelation, because you can't know anything unless God reveals it to you. I don't care what science, what kind of discipline you are in. If God does not make known to you why a thing is, how it came into being, how it functions, that means origin, process, telos, or purpose, you and I are scratching our head trying to figure it out. This is why the evolutionists need hundreds of billions of years to work out their hypotheses of an evolutionary paradigm. They need hundreds of billions of years and good Christian scientists say that still ain't enough because of what we call irreducible complexity. The complexity of our universe down to the smallest microbe tells us that this thing is intelligently designed. If you have to break up that singular molecule, that singular, that singular uh, entity all the way down into its constituent parts, if it's a matter of time, this is going to be trillions and trillions. In fact, it would be infinity in the past. Now, that makes sense to me since the God I serve is infinite in nature. He creates a universe that reflects him, not you, not me. And God's infinite. So a singular cell structure is going to have the characteristics of God, not you, not me. So if I don't start with God, I'm not going to get my biology right. And what I'm telling you right here is extremely important. What God did with with the children of Israel is a a factual, uh, practical matter that you and I operate out of. You and I do believe in absolute truth, right? We know it has to be revealed to us. And when it's revealed to us, whether you know, I'm going to help some of you with your atheist and agnostic friends, because that's what we do. If a thing is revealed to you, you receive it by faith. I don't care who you are. You can be as ungodly as anybody. When something is given to you from someone else, you receive it by faith. That's the first source. So for us, revelation is the first source of all truth. God spoke And it was God declared it and it was brought into existence. I don't have a problem with that. Do you see with God? He can do it. Okay, we can battle over that if you want to. Now, the second level of knowledge is what we call experiential knowledge. Experiential knowledge is the knowledge of people who are privileged to go to the spot, to the place like the scientists and the archaeologists and do the study of the material that God has provided for us. Are y'all keeping up with me? That's called experiential knowledge. Then they write books. And when they write books, they pass them on to other scholars to teach them to you and me. Y'all keeping up with me? Third category. What is that? Testimonial knowledge. Everybody in this room is a product of testimonial knowledge. Everybody in this room is a product. Everyone in this room is a product of testimonial knowledge. The vast majority of what you and I know is the consequence of the testimony of another. I don't have a problem with that. 
God created all things by Jesus Christ. And then God sent Jesus Christ into the world to testify to the things that God did. Now, watch this in the same way in our secular disciplines. We write books. God wrote a book. It's a theology book. It's God's testimony of how he did it. I'm good with the one who gave me the testimony because I know he was the one there when it was created. He's the one that spoke it into existence. So you and I live at a third level testimonial uh, knowledge by which in our humility, we believe those things to be true. Would you agree with that? Right. Some of us are teachers in here and we have to teach people. And when we teach people, we are hoping and praying we are teaching them accurately because whatever we teach them, that's what they got to run with. Okay, so the only thing that you and I are looking for is to make sure that you and I are operating in proximal truth. So when we communicate it to people, they can be blessed by no one is blessed by anybody lying to them. No one is blessed by anyone lying to them, whether intentional or inadvertently, because a lie always harms. Ultimately, am I making some sense? So when I talk about testimonial knowledge, I am not talking impeccable transition of data or information from the testimonial knowledge to you and me. I'm talking about proximal truth that we can trust because largely it works. All right, I'm going to drill down a little bit longer into this point with you. This is what it means to be a mother and a father. See, a mom and a daddy are an interesting set of disciplines. Because you essay to do the most important thing in the world any human being can do, and that is to bring children into the world. You bring children into the world, and guess what those poor things have to do? They've got to listen to you. And they've got to listen to you tell them how it is. And they've got to listen until they're about 16, 17 years old. Now, they stop listening around 12, but they pretend to listen until they're 16 and 17 because they, they, they got to get money out of you. So they're nodding their heads saying, you know, I think my dad a little cuckoo, but I ain't going to say nothing because I still need for him to pay the bills. We all do that. We all do that. I'm sharing with you how testimonial knowledge is the framework by which God has confined all of us to transition information. It's called paradoxes. It's traditions being passed down. Y'all keeping up with me? All right. Now, here comes the liability with it. The liability comes when you're a liar. When you are not telling it like it really is. When you are modifying the data for your own ends. When you are afraid to tell the truth, because if you tell the truth, you lose power with the people that you are catechizing or teaching. Am I making some sense? And this is why I opened up with the first point being these 12 men are your legacy media outlet because they are the medium between you and the reality. You are out in the wilderness. You're waiting for them to come back with a testimony and you're hoping they tell you the truth. And we already have read it, haven't we? Out of the 12 men, 10 of them lied on God. And it was rooted in fear. Am I making some sense? That's why I asked you, how do you see it? Because you got 12 men, they saw the same thing. And you got two saying something different than the other 10. Am I making some sense? 
All right. To me, it's a matter of your prism. It's a matter of your perception. We talked about that last week, right? Misperceiving, distorting how you see. If you are not principled at getting to the facts, then you and I are susceptible to perpetuating a falsehood. Ask the generation I live in. Let's walk this through under point number one and keep it moving. So the text tells us under um, under um, sub point A, 12 representatives and then sub point B, two faithful what? News reporters. Now, do you guys know who they were? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. Point number two, return and tell what you see. Look over at verse 25 and 26. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. So they were up there for 40 days. That's a month and 10 days for those of us who are still in government schools. Y'all got that? And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran. So you guys know they went up into Hebron. Hebron started as a valley. We're getting ready to deal with that, a valley. And then you climb to the top of Hebron to look over into the city. They came back down the hill into the valley and then went back out to the wilderness. Does that follow? Just giving you a kind of geographical terrain. Notice what it says uh, over in verse 26. Unto the wilderness of Paran to Gadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the what? fruit of the land. So now God told them to do that, didn't he? Go see, go, go spy out the land, figure out who the people are, find out whether the land is good or bad, find out whether it's, you know, what it's all about. And then also bring back some fruit. Isn't that what he said? Again, he said, bring back some what? Bring back some fruit. That, that's going to be our key in our third point. Bring back, bring back some fruit. The fruit of what you see. Bring it back because you 12 are representing me. Bring back the fruit. Don't just bring back your words. Bring back some fruit. Don't bring back just your notion of things. Bring back some evidence. Don't just bring back your fears or your enlarged faith. Bring back some concrete empirical evidence to affirm that what I said was true. Did y'all get that? See, so what God is about to do is hold these 12 men to being faithful to what we would call empirical concrete evidence. Now, why would he do that? Because he knows these men are faithful. They ain't never lied in their life. All right, let's keep going. All men are what? See, God knows how to hedge you in. Oh, yeah, by the way, bring something from the ground when you come back, please. Because y'all liable to make a left and go jump on a ship and go to another state and vacation and then come back with a whole cloth lie. Like what you and I are dealing with in our country today. Just flat out lies. So point number two says return and tell what you see. Now, this is what it means to be a prophet. A prophet is to tell what they see. A prophet is not to tell you what they think they saw. It's to tell what they see. You tell it just like it is. That's what we mean by prophecy. It's to flow from what you see. Okay, prophecy. Prophesying is to declare what you see. The prophet is declaring what they what? 
see. So the visual turns into an audible that's translated to the people as a testimony. Y'all got that? Right. And so these 12 men had a very serious task in front of them, didn't they? Because if they don't come back with the right message, they're getting ready to jack everybody up, aren't they? And we're about to see that. Point number two, return and tell what you see. First thing we're going to acknowledge is subpoint A, giants are the first thing they saw. Giants are the first thing they saw. I thought this was quite, quite interesting. If you look over in uh, verse 20, uh, 20, 20, uh, 26, 27 rather. And they told him, we came unto the land whither thou sent us. This is the way they said it, even slightly different. And it surely flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit thereof. Nevertheless, the what? The people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we what? Saw the children of Anak. You see that? You guys see what's going on here? What's going on here is that the people that are now bringing testimony are coming with testimony of an inflated, fixated perspective on the enemy. Did that come home? They're coming back with an inflated, fixated perspective on the enemy. I I want us to just briefly go back to the um, original event. This is where we would be over in chapter uh, 20. Chapter 13, verse 21 and 22. So they went up. This is the original event and searched the land from the wilderness of Zan unto Rehob uh, as men come to Hamath. Now, verse 22. So they ascended by the south. That means they went to the top of the hill. Y'all got that? Now, notice the first thing it says. They ascended to the south and came to Hebron. That's the city we talked about where uh, Ahiman, Shishai, Talmud, the children of what? Anak were the first thing they saw were the giants. They climbed to the top and guess what God wanted them to see? His enemies. So the Anakim or the Anak are what were called giants in those days. They are, they were kind of kissing cousins to Goliath and his family. You and I are not going to get into any of the um, internet YouTube versions of 25 feet tall, you know, big balloon head skeleton people. I'm not going to go down that path with you. You can you can fantasize about that all you want. There's nothing in the historical archives in the archaeological discoveries that talk about 20 foot, 30 foot men. Okay, we know that Goliath was between nine and 11 feet tall. We have tall people today. We've got tall uh, tribes today. There are people that reach nine, 10, 10 feet. Uh, in this context, the Anakim were, were large people and the Hebrew people weren't that big. They were between, on the average, five foot, five and a half feet tall men, maybe some six feet. King Saul was a little taller. But when you're looking at people that are averaging six and seven feet, they're big, aren't they? But they're not, listen, they're not Star Wars big. They're not email. They're not, they're not you know, uh, YouTube big. So stop it. I'm just helping you right here because what you want to do is make sure that you don't collapse into the speculation that's built around the fantasy that goes on in the media. A lot of our Christians are trapped by that foolishness. Guys would send me email pictures (laughs) of these aerial sites where the ground is opened up and they found a skeleton of a big old giant. His head is massive. 
and the skeleton is long. Is the pastor, see, see, I'm saying, so what? They do that in Hollywood all the time. (laughs) Keep your feet on the ground. Christians shouldn't be as gullible. Remember, anytime you're watching something, it can be fabricated. Don't be so gullible, Christian. We believe in unseen things. We recognize parallel worlds. We understand we're dealing with dimensions that aren't easily observable, but we don't have to buy into lies. To the law and to the testimony, if they don't speak according to this word, always put it on hold. If you can't prove it here, put it on hold. Y'all keeping up with me? All right, let me, let me go on. So the first thing they did was really inflate what they saw in terms of the Anakim. And then, then we are told in verse 23, and they came down to the brook Eskel. I want to talk about that at our last point, because really what we're dealing with is them being fixated on their enemy and failing to actually stay stuck on the promises of God. So this is why we see under point number two, giant grapes second. I thank you for that, Lord. You allow the children of Israel to go to the top of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the mountain to see the enemy. And they saw them. If you guys remember the account, they gave the name of all of the nations as they're making their way up there. So they saw some of the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites. They saw them as they were meandering their way through. And then they finally see the Anakin. What are, what are they seeing? They're seeing the formidable challenge they're going to have of uprooting those people out of the land so they can establish the promises that God has called them to. They saw that, right? Now, what does that do for you? Does that cause you now to so magnify your enemy that you can't actually do what God has called you to do? Or does that simply say to you, okay, I know that if I'm going to obtain the promise that God has given me, God's going to have to fight for me. God's going to have to join me in this battle. God's going to have to be faithful to me as I am seeking to be faithful to him in order to get the job done. Am I making some sense? It's extremely important for you and I to get that. So under point number two, return and tell what you see. And that is really an application I want you to grasp. In this world where fake news and false news and propaganda and distortion of the truth that's going on, stop being part of it. Don't be part of it. Don't be part of it. You don't have to listen why you don't have to impress anybody. Okay, so you, you think you know something other people don't know. You probably don't. But let's say you do. Let's say you know something nobody else knows because you and a group of, you know, engineers and scientists and mystics have, have figured out the matrix and you got all kind of ideas. Why don't you just do the integral integral thing of test it first before you propagate it? Because that's what they do. They toss it out there because they want every unhinged mind to latch hold to some of these stupid schemes and just get lost in the wind. And Christians are often going down that route. Why would anybody believe that you are sound in the faith when half of what you talk about can be easily disproven by just a little bit of research. Am I making some sense? No, the thing you want to be certain about is Jesus. You want to be certain about is the word of God. You want to be certain about the gospel. You want to be certain about the grace of God. You want to be certain about sin and redemption and atonement. You want to be certain about sanctification. You want to be certain about glory. 
Because at the end of the day, what men and women really need is a savior. You want to be certain that the person's problem is not just some peripheral, phenotypical expression or struggle that they're having. Their real core problem is they are disconnected from God and they need a savior. You want to be able to persuade them if you start with God, then the rest of the stuff can be fixed by and by. It won't necessarily be fixed in this life, but God will help you get down the road, which you're crazy once you submit yourself to the crown rights of Jesus. See, and when people are really ready for God, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear some weird, bizarre ideas that really only a handful of kooks are hanging out with. Am I making some sense? We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510 510- 886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.